0: Good morning and welcome to Let's Talk. Thank you for joining us for this half hour. Now, Let's Talk. Good morning and welcome to Let's Talk. I'm Tracy Morgan. Always good to have you with us as we continue our Let's Talk uh, most every day because we have great professionals that we talk to about this time of day. 30 minutes today with Family Pathways. Brian Dick is with us, and we've talked to him many times. And today we're going to talk about the telehealth services with Family Pathways and mental health as it wraps into all of this and getting help. And, of course, all the different ways that you listen to our program still apply. So, of course, yes, the radio, if you have the app for your phone, Alexa-powered devices online, you can go And you can listen to us online live, or you can listen to this as the podcast. And that would be WISR680.com. All right, Brian, welcome back to the program. Always nice to have you. Thank you, Tracy. So first, before we get into the the meat of what we're going to talk about today, um, how much of an uptick in your services have you seen because of what we still have been going through and and being at home for so long?
1: Well, I think that's... uh... What we're currently struggling with is we haven't seen an uptick in requests for services. We have seen a transformation of the existing uh, clientele that we're working with moving in telehealth. We've transferred the majority of our clients into uh, video calling uh, types of interventions, both the therapy and the psychiatric. Uh, one of the areas that we are currently trying to address is the lower numbers of referrals that we're getting Um, we're not seeing that as much uh, as we would have expected
0: well then tell me what are the identifiers for us at home that we know that maybe we should pick up the phone and call you? Because there have been days that we've been home and I think, oh, this is a good day. You know, rah, rah, we're going to survive this today. And then there are days that I get up and I think, I don't want to participate in this today. And so what are those identifiers at home that we should be concerned that maybe we should give Family Pathways a call?
1: Well, I think that, you know, generally this uh, stay-at-home and social distancing that we've all been under over the past seven weeks has caused uh, significant differences and patterns in the ways that we operate as a family or as, in, as individuals. There are some individuals that still go to work every day, that have uh, general routines, and yet for a majority of people, there is an element of staying home now, uh, schools are closed, people are spending more time with one another in a home, Uh, They're not getting out to places they normally would go to because either it's very limited or or not permitted. And some of the uh, indicators that would um, lead me to to encourage people to call us to get in is where they're starting to see substantial changes in either their own or their family's uh, level of mood, the way they feel, um, increased levels of anxiety that they might feel because of all the uncertainties that are occurring within society right now, and I think it's still going on. Uh, Also, financial stressors uh, that may be present, that may be causing people difficulty to cope with uh, stressors that they had not anticipated seven weeks ago. Social isolation, uh, people experiencing uh, overwhelming feelings of isolation or or even they're saying, I don't really want to be around people anyways. Uh, I'm feeling a level of withdrawal, or I'm feeling some depression. Um, And in children particularly, um, what we're seeing is home routines, routines themselves are changing, and, you know, children don't have routines like they did seven weeks ago with school. That's one of the benefits of school is it really jump-starts uh, jump, chart, jump starts people into moving towards uh, regular routines, and oftentimes children, are they, they have different sleep schedules, they spend an inordinate amount of time, um, sometimes through the night on video games or whatever, um, where it's changing the complexion of their, um, their functioning. There's actually um, lower demands on people, surprisingly. Uh, there isn't as many demands, external demands on people. Uh, because of of the stay-at-home. And I think that does impact their level of personal functioning. Some people may recognize it. Some people may not. But it's some things that we're becoming very aware of. And actually, with this this current situation, there's never been a better time to come in. And and I say come in. I mean actually seek out our telehealth services uh, to address some of those things and, and let us support you through it.
0: Yeah, if, if you don't mind, Brian, could you describe that telehealth for us? I mean, we're getting more and more familiar with this as as time has gone, and most everybody is doing this if you're in the medical field. But describe how you're handling your telehealth uh, services with Family Pathways.
1: Well, telehealth is, is essentially meeting the patient or client remotely using a video call. Um, in cases where Internet might not be as good, then you would use telephone. Um and, really, there's uh, just the use of, uh, of using electronic, any kind of electronic device, whether it's a laptop or a cell phone, the minimum would be a smartphone. Most people do have smartphones, and, you know, there could be tablets or whatever electronic device people have that have a camera and have a browser. So, essentially, to access the services, it would be the same as if they were calling to come into the clinic itself. They would call our number and they would establish an appointment, go through some initial paperwork, review that, give some verbal consent. It wouldn't necessarily have to come to the office. They would be able to do that over the phone and uh, through some type of Internet connection to get that initial uh, intake completed. Uh, through that, we would set up an appointment and complete a, a video assessment with a clinician. Or the psychiatrist, in the case of psychiatric services, and then we proceed the same way that we would with any other therapy appointment. The only difference would be you wouldn't be sitting in a room with someone; you'd be sitting and seeing you'd be sitting somewhere in your home or in a location uh, that's private to you, and, and talking with a therapist who would be in their office or from home. And that's essentially what we've been doing for the majority of our clients over the last seven weeks.
0: Brian, did Family Pathways have to get any kind of waiver to go online with this? Because you are talking about mental health services, and we'll just rewind ourselves like a year ago, um, and people were a little shy of going online, of course, because of HIPAA laws, and and mental health is a particularly sensitive situation anyway. And so did you have to get any kind of waivers? Because now you're online with this. Do people feel secure that they're going online to a meeting and being able to get the same help and not have their information out there or found out?
1: Right. I mean, uh, you know, previous to this, telehealth was not Uh, It was very limited in its use. It was not that it wasn't used, but it was used in underserved areas. Uh, Usually providers had to go through a very um, significant um, approval process to actually be able to provide the service. Uh, We have historically done that here. We've done some telehealth, not, not a significant amount prior to this, with very limited approvals in the past. Uh, With the uh, situation occurring back in early March, the state had to really consider uh, changing those rules very quickly and loosening those requirements out of the urgency of of a crisis. And so the state was able to offer licensed programs, such as ourself, a waiver uh, application to fill out and complete. It was actually not that involved. And we were able to get up, set up, and get going. The whole idea around privacy and HIPAA and so forth uh, still applies, of course. Uh, however, the, states, uh, the letter of what the state was saying was you have to use any uh, reasonable means uh, through video to maintain connections with your patients and your clients. So the emphasis was really on making good faith efforts uh, that's really a definition a good faith effort is i'm doing good to try to uh you know focus on the overarching priority of seeing my patient and addressing their health needs so that was really the spirit of their directive so Brian, and of course the insurer yeah, go ahead. yeah, when
0: when these um, sessions are occurring then online, are they recorded or is this just video only during the session?
1: No, there's no recording that happens. Um, when a person is set, sent a link to connect to a virtual uh, place on the web, they're going into a secure um, platform that we have, a uh, secure virtual room. Um, I mean, there's always those possibilities, and I think, you know, when we're talking about online Internet in general, there's nowhere, I don't think, that you can say with absolute certainty that there couldn't be a potential for somebody to hack into something. However, browser systems and other systems that we're using now, generally, they are all very secure. And the connections that we are making with clients are secure. I've not encountered any problems with the security or or anything being uh, hacked or interfered with in any inappropriate way. Now, there's certain platforms we would probably use or would suggest over others because of the nature of that platform. I'm not going to go into that, but the product that we're using is. Um, Generally designed to provide a secure location for a patient um, clinician contact. So it, it's a standard standard platform that we're using. We've actually had quite a quite a bit
0: of success with. Well, good. And Brian Dick is with us with Family Pathways talking about the telehealth services that they're using and your mental health. If if you need some help uh, and you want to give them a call, please do. Of course, they work with whole families as well. Uh, they, they like to work with kids. And so if your kids are having a struggle, then make sure that you give Family Pathways a call. And I know, Brian, we still have plenty of time with you, but what's the phone number to call or what's the best way to get in contact with Family Pathways if we'd like to start these services with you?
1: Yes, if you want to start the services, it's the same number, uh, 724-284-9440, and we'll give that probably again at the end of the show. Uh, that number will connect you right to our main office and just ask for uh, an intake, the intake department or just simply say I'd like to get it get set up with mental health services for myself or for my son or daughter whoever it is. That you're calling for and at that point we would take your information in a very similar way we would normally uh, including any insurance information, uh, personal contact information so forth and set up a uh, electronic chart for you as we would normally and uh, go through some of the uh, all of the opening paperwork that we would typically do with everybody uh, to get their informed consent. And the nice thing about when you set up services with us, given this more virtual approach, is that you're giving verbal consent, uh, and the state really uh, amended that. You know, normally you would give a written consent on those forms if you came in. Now you're being asked to give verbal consent for them, and then we write that on the form. So it really kind of creates that that ease of use and, and... convenience for people getting set up for services.
0: And can you remind us what are your range of services? I mean, if it's mental health, that's good, but there are other services you also help folks with. And then we'll get back to what it's like to be on one of these calls for telehealth with Family Pathways.
1: The um, general services for mental health, we can do family, children, adolescents, uh, adults. So any of the other typical, you know, Conditions that we've talked about before on this show, depression, anxiety, uh, child-related behavioral issues, family issues, marital issues, uh, whatever, you know, there could be. <clears throat> we've talked a lot about trauma, grief, loss, if you've lost a loved one or something, uh, something's happened and you're feeling a great deal of withdrawal or if you're having difficulties adjusting to something in your life presently given the circumstances all those things are still in play here. It's, it's really not diff, no different if we were doing it virtually versus uh, in person. Some of the other services that we offer are adoption-related services. Uh, we have a foster care uh, service, and we are recruiting families uh, to provide foster care. So if you're interested in that, and I know some of my colleagues have come on here before and talked about that. We also have family-based mental health services which is a separate service uh, that is more intensified and, and typically would go into the home uh, and is a team-driven, uh, or team-driven community-based mental health service. And that service is, is still it's being delivered through telehealth as well, but the teams are starting to look at other ways in which they can deliver those services, uh, keeping in, in mind the social distancing um, requirements
0: presently. Brian Dick again with us with Family Pathways. And, and Brian, I'm glad you're on today and I'm glad uh, for a specific reason through my viewpoint, if you will. And I know you do great work there at Family Pathways. And the reason I think that it's great to talk to you right now because you're talking about mental health is because we've been doing this now for quite a few weeks. And I think, meaning staying at home and, and going through um, the pandemic. and And I think at first, there are a lot of people who think, okay, we're going to do this and have a positive attitude. But as weeks go by, i correct me if I'm wrong, that attitude can fade. And so when you get into week after week after week of this, and I don't want to say the monotony as – for some people it's the monotony of, of what's going on. But that energy can fade. And so right now talking to you and reminding people that mental health is so important I think is very vital – And just any thoughts that you have on that, but also that is isn't May Mental Health Awareness Month?
1: That is correct. And actually, I was going to be talking about May as Mental Health Awareness Month, but we felt an overarching need to ensure that people knew that we were out there and still providing services because there is such a, I think, current uh, thinking that everything was kind of closed down or things are not in operation or they're very limited, we wanted to make sure people know that Family Pathways is designated as a critical, um, uh, you an know, essential, essential service. Yeah. It's, an, it's, a, it's an essential, it's a health clinic. It's a licensed health clinic. So we are essential. We, we have to remain open. We do have the option, and there is options that can be discussed for people. If they truly don't want to do telehealth, they can come in. We can make those arrangements on an appointment-to-appointment basis, very similar to what, uh, you know, primary care physician offices and and other offices are doing. We would do the screening and so forth to make sure that um, everything can be safe in in coming in. Um, But, you know, back to, you know, how this impacts, or I think that was your question about what we're seeing or what we're kind of, you know, noting with this as this goes on. I think it's a very good question. I've had this discussion with my clinicians uh, in supervision. I provide supervision to several clinicians in our department. And one of the things that they're discovering is you have a lot of people who are very much into getting their mental health needs continue to be met. And we have a lot of people coming in for their virtual appointments, and they're really thriving from that. And then you have people who... Uh, maybe you're just getting started with the service, or maybe they're struggling so much because of that ongoing situation. They they uh, really need the service, and they're maybe getting increasingly uh, depressed or having problems, but yet they're not coming in to get them addressed. And when I say coming in, meaning coming to their virtual appointments or you know engaging and following through with appointments. And that's a real conundrum for us because, and that's part of the problem we're noting with intakes, is that we are getting intakes, but there's not as many as there was before. And I think what I'm seeing, and, and the best way I can actually think about the problem is, you have to understand that there's less demand. There seems seemingly is more demands on us at home, but there seems to be less societal demands and there's a general idea that there's really nothing acting on me anymore. There's people that are out of their routines or out of their schedule. Uh, that's a big, big factor here is that this type of um, social distancing and, 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 for lack of a better word, somewhat of a shutdown here with society has caused a level of um, indifference, I think, and... There's nothing acting on me, and I have, you know, the routines have changed. And I always tell people, clients, everybody, you got to maintain some type of normal routine the best way you can. You get up in the morning, you do your routines, you, you know, eat regular meals, you go to sleep at your usual time. Uh, you don't engage in, in excessiveness in certain things that would not help your coping. And that's kind of hard to do. Uh, And I'm not being critical, but I think in some ways we're seeing that almost there's a motivational thing that's happening to our society right now where people want to get out, they want to regain some of that outdoor type stuff, they want to get out and run and so forth, and they can't do that. And I think it's really discouraged a lot of people.
0: Yeah, and I have to say I appreciate when people, whether you see them on social media or or on TV or hear them on the radio, that just say it's okay not to be okay. It's okay to reach out and and get some help, but reach out and get some help. Don't stay isolated, but it's okay to not be okay, and that's why I'm glad you're here. Brian, let me ask you um, for your viewpoint. Do you find that it's harder to do these calls through video? And and I'm wondering a couple of different scenarios because uh, you would visibly see what's going on with people in front of you. Are you missing anything because now you're on a video screen? And are you able to converse as much? Like, do you get a whole family on a video screen if you're helping the whole family at the same time?
1: Yeah, I think there's certainly, uh, you know, doing telehealth, I would be, (laughs) I I think I would be uh, glossing over something if I said, oh, it's much easier. It's really not much easier. It can be very convenient for the client. Uh, we, we're receiving feedback right now in surveys that we're doing that's indicating clients are saying, I really like the service because I don't have to drive to the facility or I don't have to spend you know, X number of dollars in gas to get there or I don't have to do all this like prep work to get to the session. And so it's very easy for them and the access is, you know, we keep the barriers very low to get on to a video Um telehealth meeting or session, um, but on the other hand, it requires a lot of preparation, different types of preparation for the clinicians. Um, I think it's also a little bit uh, sometimes unnatural in the sense that if you're doing video, you're used to, you know, the types of ways that you converse. And I know there's been a lot of, a lot of things written about this uh, online about how video meetings in general. Are different than in-person meetings. I think people are a little bit more geared and scripted to talk more naturally and sometimes more spontaneously through a in-person type of meeting or session versus one that's online. And that's not for everybody, but we're noticing that you know it requires. You know, some of the sessions are a little bit shorter. You kind of get to the point of things a little bit quicker, um, and I think. You know, just the way that we're geared as human beings, we we talk more spontaneously in person. There's a level of connection that comes from seeing that person's physical presence in front of us as opposed to through a screen. So it's a little unnatural in that a harder.
0: One of the things that I, 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 if I can say, I enjoy diving into is nonverbal communication. It's part of what I do as a communicator. And to watch the eyes and to watch the face and to watch the body language tells me a lot about, you know, if they're comfortable or uncomfortable, like let's say in an interview and I'm sitting right across from them. So I'm just wondering what you go through, too, because as I'm seeing people, again, through what I do with communications and they're not used to talking into a camera, not realizing that camera is actually the audience's eyeballs, you know, on the other side. Do you lose anything there because people aren't looking into the camera? They're not necessarily looking at you. Does that give you any kind of different diagnoses for them because um, otherwise maybe they'd be looking at you and you'd be able to tell some body language?
1: Sure. I mean, it's kind of like people who may not want their picture taken. You know, just typically people might not want, I don't want my picture taken or I don't, you know, I don't want my I don't want to hear my voice recorded or right? it's not that we are recording, we're not recording, but the the whole mentality around that they feel different about going through electronic device. Now, if you would ask different teenagers about that, they say, eh, that's a big deal. Some teenagers have absolutely no problem with going on and, and being themselves uh on that kind of a, a medium. But there are a lot of other clients uh, that, we, that we know that feel very self-conscious about themselves being on, on a camera and talking with someone. And for some, you know, you may not get really good at ac- I mean, I think the nonverbal comment that you're making is such a good one because sometimes you can misread what people are thinking or feeling on a video type chat because it's not really representing how they feel completely. I don't say that as a global thing or I'm not saying that to criticize or say that telehealth is terrible. It's not. I just think that we're discovering that certain people react differently to a telehealth environment and, you know, (laughs) I've read actual articles where where people says, Well, so you think the person you're meeting with is mad, at you Well, that's not necessarily the case. It may just be because of their level of comfort with that and how unnatural that feels to yeah. them. They're not sitting in front of you.
0: And they They're have to now screen. And now a lot of people have to dive into technology that they didn't really want to get into in the first place. And now they have to because society is there right now, you know, putting everyone online and trying to figure out what button to press and <laughs> how do you begin the meeting and end the meeting, and, and, and that's, that's difficult, and that can be stressful for people.
1: That, that's exactly right. I think, you know, certain populations may do very, you know, a lot better on that than others, and we've had to coach some clients to say, look, this isn't really that bad. And I think that may be a little bit of a factor here, too, with, uh, you know, what we're encountering. There is a high need for mental health, but there isn't necessarily people coming forward as much as they were before, maybe because they feel like, I would, I'm would, i just going to wait till it's in person. Mm. I'm just going to wait until I can just go into the office and see somebody in person. Right. And I think that's a big, big factor right now that's... It's kind of driving the trend. Right.
0: Brian Dick with us, Family Pathways. Of course, I want to get your contact information, but we have just about three minutes left. So anything else you'd like to add to the discussion today that we may have missed? Because it is important for people to understand that you are out there and you're able to help, especially when we're talking about mental health services.
1: The thing I want to, to say really quickly is that telehealth is the basis right now of us trying to mitigate any exposure issues regarding COVID-19, but telehealth is likely not going to completely go away. Uh, I think it's gonna continue in the future in some fashion or form. I think uh, it has its uh, positives as far as working in certain situations with certain people. And we're learning this right now, everybody is. But just know if you're not comfortable completely with telehealth, still reach out to family pathways because we're willing to modify a service that work for you and we can discuss those concerns we'd rather have people getting the service that they need and you know we can still see people in the clinic that's not we're just working on trying to mitigate you know and, and minimize exposure issues but there are ways uh, of working around that if somebody is totally not comfortable with uh, doing telehealth, and if that's the reason they're not, although I would argue that the barrier to entry is very low, we can get people into the telehealth very easily, and we're here.
0: Absolutely. Brian, uh, give us your contact information before we go.
1: Right. Our contact information is 724 284 9440. That's Stanley Pathways, and we're located at 100 Brew Avenue in Butler.
0: Brian, thank you so much for being on. Again, I can't thank you enough for Family Pathways always joining us. And I always think that you're an important asset to the community. But right now, with what we're going through and mental health services, I think it's imperative that that you're out there and that you're helping people. So thank you very much for what you do.
1: You're welcome, Tracy. Thank you for having me.
0: And folks, thank you very much for joining us for this segment of Let's Talk. Of course, you can get this information online as the podcast. You can listen to this entirely once again if you'd like at your leisure. You go WISR680.com. You pick Programs, Let's Talk, and then, of course, Family Pathways. I'm Tracy Morgan with Let's Talk.